Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, a wonderful Wednesday morning uh, here on Coast View. And uh, this is the show, as you know, that celebrates coastal Mississippi and all the people who are making it such a wonderful place to live, work, and play. Hey, before we get to our guest today, let me share with something uh, with you from my friend Susan Griggs, one of the more positive people I know. Something that actually kind of applies to a theme of today's show in a way, but here's what it says. Sometimes you have to eat your words, chew your ego, swallow your pride, and accept that you are wrong. It's not giving up. It's called growing up. <laughs> I thought that was a really good one. I think we all know people who are supposed to be grown up but still need a good dose of humility. I did a search this morning, and I really encourage you to do it too. Just go to Google and say uh, humility quotes, and then all kinds of amazing stuff will come up. But the first three quotes that popped up are these. Never look down on anybody unless you're helping them. The next one, it's a, it's a really great, great quote from C.S. Lewis, and it says, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And then, and then the, the third one is, Pride makes us artificial, humility makes us real. I dove in a little deeper, though, and uh, found a couple that really stuck out to me. One is this one. True humility is staying teachable, regardless of how much you already know. You know, you've heard me say this on Coast View before, but I think that the more we learn, the more we better learn how much we don't know. <laughs> that 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 the 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 journey of discovery and learning, just this just understanding what we don't know, keeps us really kind of real, keeps us very humble. And then lastly, this quote from Gandhi. Uh, it is unwise to be too sure of one's own wisdom. That actually got me thinking about something I shared with you a few weeks ago. I get a newsletter called Thinkers, T-H-I-N-K-R, and what it does is it, it summarizes really important books, very intelligently written books from all around the world. And, and one that, that I shared with you before was a, a book by Amy Grant. It's the power of knowing what you don't know. And here is sort of what, what Thinker said about her book. We live in a culture that shudders at the thought of being wrong. Whether in the spheres of politics, sports, or daily life, most of us fail to see the areas in which we miss pertinent information. Despite our tendency to idolize correctness, if we want to know anything at all, we must recognize that we are often, if not always, incorrect. Professor of Organizational Psychology, Adam Grant, I said Amy, but Adam Grant, um, helps us along exposing the pitfalls of our culture's desire to know it all. Using wisdom from psychological studies and real-world examples, Grant implores us to shed our addiction to exactitude and revel in the knowledge that we hold in our heads, let, let revel in the knowledge that what we hold in our heads will never come close to completion. I love that because it's so true. Life is a journey of, of discovery. Um, at the end of the day, I think social media helps embolden people and it gives us a tendency to sort of lean toward a false sense of security around what we know. It's just something to think about. 
really something really well to think about. So now let's turn to my friend, Ashley Edwards, the CEO of the Gulf Coast Business Council, and just say good morning. How are you doing, Ashley? Hey, I'm doing great, Ricky. How are you? I'm, I'm doing so well. <clears throat> hey, listen, uh, I saw you did a quote. I did a, a post about COVID in the last day or so, and so did I. I did one last week, and a lot of comments and whatever. Uh, but let me, uh, real quick, from the Morning Brew newsletter, this is one of the many newsletters I get in the morning that kind of help boil down what's going on in the world. Here's what it said. In the U.S., uh, which is more or less fully reopened for business, cases rose 47% ca- cases of COVID last week, the biggest increase since April 2020. Export Experts warn that the number of deaths could rise soon in unvaccinated areas of the country. But for now, they're down 27% nationwide through two weeks. In Mississippi specifically, cases as of Monday, July the 12th, new cases, 796. It's a new trajectory. New uh, new deaths, two. Uh, the percentage of fully uh, vaccinated is 31. By the way, I had Ron Barnes, CEO of Coast Electric, on yesterday, and he said that they're currently inside Coast Electric dealing with what he referred to as a pretty good outbreak that has occurred since uh, July the 4th. So I think July the 4th was sort of uh, it planted the seed of the Delta variant to in in a lot of uh, in a lot of cases, but. Um, you know, I think one of the things I see in the post that I did and the post that you see as well, and I mentioned this in my conversation with Ron, is there seems to be a lot of people who still buy into some conspiracy theories about about the vaccine. And more importantly, though, they're spending a lot of energy trying to convince other people why they shouldn't get it. Now, my point of view is right there with Dr. Conger, and that is give people the information they need. Get, make sure they're fully informed, and then they'll make a choice. But when they're making their choices of bad information, that's what's kind of mind-boggling. And last point I want to make, and then I'll see what you have to say about this. The Kaiser study that I shared last week, a really good study, incidentally, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, bias rating is least bias, factual reporting high. This is this is a, a a study with extraordinarily high credibility. It says, unfortunately, that the number of people who are just, uh, who are still undecided is relatively low. But as long as we've got a percentage of society that we can convince, we'll still talk be talking about it on the on this show. But getting the best and most accurate information out there seems to be a challenge, doesn't it, Ashley? It's a challenge. You know, I think you, you hit on a really important point, and that is, um, you know, you hear a lot of the, you know, I call them anti-vaxxers, and perhaps they're, they're not really against vaccinations. Some certainly are. But oftentimes what you see, especially on social media, is the argument is they're saying, look, we don't want anyone forcing a vaccine on us. We think we believe in personal choice. Well, personal choice is the status quo in this situation. You know, no one is going to be forced to take a vaccine. So it it then sort of leads to the question, so what exactly are you arguing against? Um, You know, there's no need to advocate for personal choice here because that's already the law of the land. Um, You know, and and I think that, you know, what what you say is absolutely correct. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. You know, I've I've mentioned on your show before, and I think it I think it bears saying again. Under the Trump administration, the State Department put out a uh, a really interesting report, and they were talking about how adversaries of the United States, uh, Russia and China, especially also Iran, uh, were using social media 
uh, to try to undermine confidence in the vaccine, to try to undermine confidence in the American government's response. Um, you know, th- those were all things that they were doing. I mean, it's information psychological warfare, and it's sort of the new front of this information cold war that we're in. And, you know, in often, often cases, people will say, well, you know, I've seen my friend who's a nurse or, or so-and-so say to be careful of the vaccine. Uh, and that may be true, but the question is, where do they get that information? Is it coming from, uh, you know, some information factory uh, in Beijing, China, uh, that has been funded by the Chinese government specifically to try to target uh, American opinions on things like the vaccine to weaken the country. I mean, you know, that almost sounds conspiratorial. I understand that. But the State Department has confirmed that that is what's going on. And I think that it's important for people to to really dig deep within themselves and ask themselves, you know, is this really a concern about the vaccine or is this uh, just sort of jumping on this bandwagon of, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't call it counterculture, but, you know, uh, almost the contrarian point of view, the sort of cynical point of view that is so popular on social media. And, and that, is, um, that is very tempting to some people, this sort of contrarian position uh, from, you know, from the establishment, quote unquote. And that's exactly what folks that, that have an agenda are seizing upon. Uh, the people that are telling folks on social media not to get a vaccine, they are not looking out for your interest. They're not looking out for the public's interest. Uh, you know, we have the tools here to really put a period at the end of the sentence on COVID-19, and we're just simply not using them. And it's, it's, it's a tough thing to watch, Ricky, because, um, you know, a, a year ago, I would have thought with the speed at which they were getting the vaccine ready, that people would take it in droves as soon as it was as soon as it was ready, so that they could get back and and enjoy their life. I think what we see now is that a lot of people are back enjoying their life as they were before COVID nineteen, and they're just ignoring the fact that it hasn't gone away. And with things like the Delta variant, we've got to continue to be vigilant. Yeah, what's important about the Delta variant? Uh, we've heard officials in this state say that uh, one third of Mississippians have been vaccinated, probably a third. Uh, they estimate have had COVID, you know, either reported or maybe not reported. We just, we didn't know, but they're estimating about a a third. So it's essentially saying that two thirds of Mississippians have, um, have some kind of protection. But the, but the important thing to note, there may have been a time when it was true. We could think that way, at least over the short term. But what we've learned now is that the Delta variant doesn't care if you have natural immunity or not. Natural immunity does not protect you against the Delta variant. So we're back to where we started, which is one third of Mississippians are vaccinated. Hey, when we come back, I just want to point a couple of interesting things out in this study that was done by Kaiser. And uh, we'll make some, we'll have some final thoughts about the vaccine. And then we'll move on to see what the latest is at the, at the Gulf Coast Business Council. We'll be back after this break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
Welcome back to Cosio. I'm having a conversation with the CEO of the Business Council, Ashley Edwards, really smart guy, extraordinarily well in tune with uh, the latest on a number of different subjects. And a man who's also very humble, you know, going back to the way I started the the, the, the show today about humility. Um, hey, look, uh, I want to I want to just share a couple of things. First of all, I keep referring to this Kaiser study. It is really a gold standard. I'll put a link to the Kaiser study at the Ricky Matthews slash Coastview site. We'll also put this on the Supertalk Gulf Coast site. If you want to go look at that 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 uh, study, it's really incredible. Here, okay, total in America, 65% as of the time they did this study. And you start to look at it, it's uh, 65 and older, which is a vulnerable group. 85% of those 65 or older have been given the coronavirus. So just that fact alone, excuse me, the va- vaccine, just that fact alone is very positive. And even with the Delta variant sort of taken off, it's going to reduce the number of deaths because more of the vulnerable class have, have been given the vaccine. That's not a reason not to get the vaccine, incidentally. Um, let's see. Black, uh, 60%. White, 67%. Hispanic, uh, 63%. Less than college, 59%. College, 79%. And here's the interesting thing. Republicans, only 52%. Independent, 61%, and 86% of Democrats. You read into that whatever you want to read into that. This is the alarming one when you get into sort of the political realm. Um, Democrats, only 2% of Democrats said they're not going to get it. 23% of Republicans say they're not going to get it. 16% of independents. And then when you look at those that are still open-minded, 7% of Democrats, 12% of Republicans, 12% of independents. It's so interesting. And I had this great exchange, and I hope that Dr. Conger will be on soon, this exchange on the, on the phone, over the phone this morning with Dr. Conger. And he said it's just really sad when medicine is politicized. It's so yes. sad. When mel- this, should be, this should not be a politicized thing. This should be something we can all we, – we gather the information about the vaccine. We make a decision about our personal choice. And to what extent we're willing to make those around us vulnerable. We make that choice based on good information, but not on politics, for goodness sake. Any closing thought, uh, Ashley, before we move on? Well, you know, look, it's it, it's hard sometimes to get into the psychology of, of these things. I, I will tell you this, Ricky, I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, the greatest sort of a male American failure of the modern era is the fact that we have allowed uh, a virus and a vaccine for that virus to become so uber politicized. Some of that, I think, has to do with the fact that this came about during an election year, which uh, was the worst possible time that it could have come about. Uh, you know, had had this happened in the first year of a presidential term, uh, it may have been a, a little bit of a different public narrative over the course of the year. You know, the only thing I think we could ask people to do uh, is, you know, think holistically about the situation, understand the motivations of people that are both encouraging and advocating for you to get the vaccine and the people who are uh, advocating against it and understand that, uh, you know, every public health authority in the world recommends getting this vaccine. Um, I have I have great empathy, Ricky, for people uh, who say, you know, look, I don't want to give my children a vaccine that's not been approved by the FDA. I'm a parent. I understand how difficult a parent's decision is when you have to determine uh, you know, whether or not to, to, to put a, a medicine in your child that could have some side effects or, uh, or, or let them sort of roll the dice and get the COVID-19 vaccine. But I'll note uh, the Mississippi Department of Health uh, came out today and said that there are a number of 
uh, children who are now in ICU units with the Delta variant, uh, it's hitting children much harder. Of course, if you're under 12 years old, you're not approved to take the vaccine yet. And so uh, that's even more reason for all of us, uh, frankly, who, who can take the vaccine to make sure we're taking it. Uh, because our immunity, uh, our ability to stop the spread of this virus will protect our children. And, uh, you know, if, 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 that's, if that is truly your concern, I have empathy for it. Uh, and I ask you just to consider the fact that, that that vaccine might prevent your child from catching it from you and getting very ill. As our friend Lee Bond from Singing River Health Systems has said many times on this show, it's time for us to be selfless. Yes. Selfless. It's not just about evaluating our own health, but it's evaluating the potential health of those around us, our loved ones, and that's really important. And, uh, you know, the last thought is that we're dealing with the Delta variant now, which, again, you're, if you've had COVID before but not the vaccine, you're not protected against Delta variant. That's the variant we're dealing with now. But, but a month or two from now, we might be dealing with another variant. See, the reality of COVID is it looks for hosts so it can mutate. And the more hosts there are, the more opportunities it is there is for it to mutate. And so, we'll, you know, this is a set scenario. We probably are going to be living with COVID being around for, for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> and right. in the meantime, we just have to be smart about how we battle it. And this particular strain is extremely contagious. And yes. it's also deadly. And we just have to be we just have to be aware of it. Enough about that. Just do your research. You know, just keep in mind, the more you learn, the more you better learn how much you don't know. You, you will yeah. never arrive. And uh, as, uh, as, 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 uh, as I mentioned from Adam Grant a few minutes ago, that don't be addicted to exactitude when it comes to the vaccine. You know, just do your research and, uh, and hopefully you'll make the right decision. Dr. Congress said he's seen the ramifications of getting COVID. And he would rather, much rather take the risk of getting the vaccine. That's, that's where Dr. Conger is on that. So Absolutely. we'll switch gears. Uh, boy, the Business Council, there's never a dull moment. You guys are involved on, on so many fronts simultaneously. Why don't you kind of give me a quick update? So I'll tell you one of the things I'm, I'm most excited about that we're really launching into here. And, you know, we're, we're trying to determine how best to fill this gap in terms of talent attraction. Uh, you know, when I say talent attraction, I'm talking about something a little bit different than traditional economic development, because rather than going out and trying to uh, attract the, the direct investment, we're trying to attract, attract the talented workforce uh, that can help draw these companies in, whether they're tech companies or, or companies that are looking for engineers or scientists or, or computer programmers, other things like that. Uh, and, you know, we're really trying to fill that gap. Uh, th there are some great best practices models around the country. You look at what's happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, with their incentive program to try to bring remote workers in. Uh, it's been incredibly successful. And so uh, we're starting to really work on some of those things. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, you know, one of the other things that we're uh, you know, jumping into right now very heavily is, is preparing for our state of the coast economy program that will take place in the fall and November. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting report this year, Ricky, because you know, one thing I can say, and I think this underscores, you know, your point about why it's so important to get the vaccine. Economically, in coastal Mississippi, we have fared incredibly well, uh, certainly much better than anyone would have possibly thought that we would uh, at the beginning of COVID-19. 
And, you know, it's amazing to see that, you know, our casinos are having record months in some cases now. Um, the, the, the economic momentum is incredible and it's, it's something to celebrate. Um, you know, you look at how Mississippi Gulf coast has done compared to, uh, Las Vegas, for example, another big gaming market. Uh, there's virtually no comparison. I mean, we, we've, we've been one of the most successful tourism markets, uh, in the country post COVID-19. Uh, and I, I think it's, I think it's important for us to be able to remain in that position. Uh, the last thing that we want is for people to feel like, uh, it's unsafe to come here because so many of, uh, of the folks in our population are not vaccinated. I mean, that's that is a killer uh, that, that only not only hurts businesses, it hurts the workers, the employees who uh, depend on those customers coming in. So, um, you know, it could not be more important for us to continue the economic momentum that we're seeing. Um, and, you know, this will be one of the first times, frankly, that a place like Mississippi or a region like the Gulf Coast actually leads a economic recovery in the United States. Uh, and that's an incredibly great position for us to be in and a great story to tell. Yeah, you know, coming back to the first point you made about the, the way that economic development is doing, certainly economic development organizations are still seeking specific companies or industries or whatever. That continues, that yeah. work continues to be done. But something we talked about on this show so many times before that, the emergence of the new economy and the creative class. This is, you know, this could be computer programmers or it could be yeah. lawyers, could be copywriters, could be graphic artists. There's a large number of potential people who fit that description. The goal of where we're headed is to build the kind of places these people want to live in. This is really important. And by attracting those skill sets, you can ultimately, you know, certainly some of them may be remote workers. They might actually live in Mississippi and work for a company in California. But but if it's like, for example, if you, if you were to attract a large number of technology uh, skilled uh, positions or people, then that would actually create an opportunity to really go and attract a, a business that fits that description into the area. Because that actually today, that's a big, big part of their selection criteria. And that is, is there a way able workforce there? Really important, isn't it? Incredibly important. It's it's probably the main story that I tell when I speak to groups. And that is the the biggest change that we have seen in the past 20 years in America is that people no longer go where the jobs are. Now the jobs go where the talented people are. They go yeah. they go locate where the workforce is. I mean, Nashville, Tennessee, and Austin, Texas are leading uh, the United States in corporate relocations. And I guarantee you that's not happening because they're uh, in a low cost of living environment uh, or an environment that has a lot of carrying capacity for expansion. That's happening because that's where the workforce that they want to attract is living. Ashley, I've enjoyed visiting where you're coming to the end of the segment, but you've got a great steering committee. Your current president is William Yates from Yates Construction, and yes. you've got a number of major CEOs on your, it's probably one of the strongest steering, excuse me, executive uh, committees that we've had at the council since we formed it. And I congratulate you on having such a great team to work with. When we, when we, when we talk next, we'll talk a little bit more about what the executive committee is all about. And uh, until then, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Ricky. Have a great day. When we come back, we have Julian Rankin from the Walter Anderson Museum.
Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.